Merry, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, all my friends out there. This is Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Happy Holidays. Hi, this is Miracle Lori from Joss Eden's Dollhouse, and you're listening to my friends Scott and Miles on the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we are giving you our leftovers. There you go. There you go. And this is Scott and Miles with you again. And uh, we also have joining us on this leftovers, Dayton and Kevin again. And uh, what we're going to be doing in this sort of segment of the podcast is talking about, uh, this is really the stuff that didn't fit into the other show, but we want to talk a little bit about Sci-Fi TV and want to respond to a listener voicemail that came in and also just to get uh, some ideas as, as to what Dayton and Kevin are watching or have been watching or maybe aren't watching. And, um, I mean, the reality is uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know what Miles and I are watching for the most part. So that's not a surprise there. Why don't we, why don't we start off by talking about what you guys are watching and let's start with Dayton. Dayton, what have you kept up with in maybe either sci-fi? And if you want to throw in a non-sci-fi show, that's fine too. Why, why don't we start there? What are some of the, what are some of the shows, the TV shows you've been watching? Well, I'm woefully behind just for the, the fact of not having a lot of time in the evenings to watch TV first run. I usually have to bank it on the DVR and then catch up at some point. Um, as far as genre, I, I started watching Flash Forward and I, I, I probably watched three or four episodes, and then I just kind of quit watching it. There wasn't anything wrong with it. I just it's on at a bad time, and I never got back to it. So I mean, I'll, it'll be on the DVR, and I'll maybe catch up to the missed episodes during the holiday break or something. Right. Um, I haven't had, I haven't had a chance to watch V, even though I want to, and I'm a huge fan of the original. I have the first four episodes again banked, and uh, I'm hoping to catch up here during the holiday break. I've got a couple of weeks coming to me where I won't be working. Um, I mean, I won't be working my day job, but I'll be writing, trying to catch up on a writing deadline. But right. I, I'll be able to take some time in the evenings and you know watch. As far I guess it's it's not quite a genre show, but it uh, it definitely deserves mention. Uh, I have not missed an episode of The Big Bang Theory. Right. I absolutely love this show. If you have not watched the show, it's got to be the funniest sitcom going right now. Okay, I have not. Um, oh man, you're um, missing out. The the, the genre jokes fly. It's, and, it's, um, it's brilliant. So it's what like a genre? It's, it's like a genre. Is it like a genre comedy then? Well, no, it's it's basically a, a, the 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 storyline is you know centers around these two geeks who live together and they happen to be scientists working at a university somewhere in California and you know they're all into comics and Star Trek and science fiction. Okay. And across the hall from them is the is the hot, not nerdy chick, <laughs> who basically stands in 
who's, who's our surrogate, you know, the audience, for those people who in the audience who are not nerds. But, you know, she's trying to figure out, you know, what's up with these guys. But, you know, she finds something to like about them. They're, they're, they're likable despite the fact that they're nerds. I mean, every cast member is absolutely spot on with their comedic instincts, the delivery of the dialogue, the physical comedy. It is just hysterical to watch these guys work. Oh, and if good. you're if you're into if you're into you know Star Trek and science fiction and comic books, you're going to get the jokes. They're timely with the jokes. I mean, they're right on it. In fact, you talked about the Galactica toaster. Sheldon, one of the characters in the show, is seen making toast with the Galactica toaster. Nice. Um, nice. Oh, it's great. It is. It's hysterical. So, um, yeah. If you haven't seasons, watched it yet, definitely give it a go. Yeah, first two seasons are out on DVD and uh, should be readily available, and they are are worth just purchasing. All right. All right, there you go. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of Chuck a little bit. I don't know if you guys have ever checked out Chuck, but Chuck's like this whole nerdy geek thing, but they were making yeah. geek references all over the place. Um, I watched Chuck for about half of the first season, and then I just kind of lost interest. Um, yeah. uh, the premise was a little bit tough to swallow in the beginning, and then I just uh, – for whatever reason, I just fell off them. I felt, and that's – it's weird too because I, I like Adam Baldwin, so it was fun to see him working again. Um, I just didn't. It just didn't grab my. It just didn't hold my interest. Right, right, right. All right, uh, Kevin. What are you watching? Well, the when it comes to TV, I generally and I don't watch a lot of genre stuff. Oddly enough, there just isn't anything that uh, that has been grabbing me. I do really like Flash Forward. Um, I think that. Uh, they're having some fun with. Uh, I mean, I, I did not get into Lost. I watched uh, the a few episodes of the first season way back when. I recognize from many many people telling me that it's one that if I were to give it more of a chance, that I would really enjoy. But I gave Flash Forward a chance, and I like it. There's uh, only a couple of the four or five storylines that are happening right now that I'm personally compelled by. Um, but uh, and you know, I don't know how much we are into spoilers or things but the the guy who's looking for his uh um you know the girl that he envisioned was going to to meet and mm-hmm. and love this is you know the, he's the one who's got uh, um a, a terminal disease um i like that story i like the the story of uh of uh, um uh malachi i think is the guy's name uh, who's uh, um uh Who's who's going to be murdered in March before the April of the of the flash forward? Th- that, those two stories are keeping me interested. The other plot lines I just kind of let wash over me because I've, I've lost them a little bit. But there's there's just something about flash forward that's fun for me, uh, and I like it. Um, uh, you know, uh, I am admittedly not as big a fan of V as on the whole as as Dayton is. I gave it two episodes and dropped off from that because. It felt like they were trying to shove a story at me um, at a relentless pace, and I wanted to let it grow a little bit more organically um, than it did, um, and so I just kind of ran aground on it. Uh, as far as I mean, you know, but most of the other stuff that in Big Bang Theory I do not miss. But uh, I'm a latecomer to Fringe. Um, I'm only about uh, maybe four or five episodes into the first season, but I have totally fallen in love with the show. I just keep kicking myself why I I didn't give it a chance at the beginning because I've just really embraced it. Uh, I love the characters. I like the idea of the stories. Uh, you know, at first I thought 
asked just it's it's kind of a spin on X Files. It's not like that at all. Um, and and I'm I'm very very happy with with Fringe. Um, I watch for sitcoms. The only one I watch besides Big Bang Theory is Modern Family um, on ABC on Wednesday nights. I, th- I think it's really well done. Um, it's uh, it's got kind of an Arrested Development feel to it, um, but the uh, but it, it's also very sweet and charming. It's kind of like The Simpsons in a sense that as as goofy and off the wall and and, uh, and uh, irreverent as they get. You still have this kind of feel that you know the, the you know the family doesn't hate each other. I mean that's why I never got into Family Guy. I mean is that I just feel like that the characters don't even really like each other, um, and uh, so it just didn't capture me the way the Simpsons did. Um, and then uh, there's just I mean like, Dayton got me hooked on Full Throttle Saloon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like three episodes in now, and I'm totally digging it. Um, uh, uh, he uh, did you watch it just because of the, the the Johnny Dare connection? Is that what you got you started at first? Or yeah, uh, for the benefit of the audience who's who has no idea what we're talking about, uh, <laughs> Full Throttle Saloon. Full Throttle Saloon is a show that's been running on I think it's Court TV or True TV or whatever they call it now. It's but true, anyway, think, yeah, yeah um, it's about the guy who owns the Full Throttle Saloon up in. Sturgis, South Dakota, and the the it's like a five six episodes show that details Biker Week, you know, um, you know the okay. bike rally, and his efforts to put on you know the, the show and make money and, and and not go under with the two mortgages and the half a million dollars in debt he owes and all this other kind of stuff. And the only reason I even watched it at all is because it's narrated by the by a guy named Johnny Dare who is a local morning radio jock. Here in Kansas City, okay, and he's a big biker guy. He goes to Sturgis every year. In fact, they take a crew to Sturgis every year and broadcast live from the Full Throttle Saloon. So he's friends with the guy who owns the saloon. He's friends with the guy's co-owner or partner in the business, who's who happens to be uh, Jesse James Dupree from the rock band Jackal. Um, okay. So you know, there's a that's there's a Kansas City connection. So that's the only reason I even tuned in at all. Um, and for whatever reason, because I'm not a big reality show guy. I'm watching the stupid thing. It's <laughs> awesome. Drama, you know, the, and I say drama with the quotes, you know, the drama <laughs> surrounding all these people and their idiocies and idiosyncrasies. Because you know, there's always the classic reality show staples, the one guy who's the total screw-up and the one guy who's the, the warrior and the micromanager and his flaky girlfriend. And I'm just like, you know, you can paint by numbers, but for whatever reason, I'm, I find myself watching the dumb show. And you know, it's, listening to to the guy that we know, you know, from Kansas City, yeah, yeah, so, which which is really cool. Um, so I'm going to TV hell for that. So yeah, yeah you will. <laughs> the, I'll, I'll build on two things that that you know. I mean, as far as reasons why we ended up on Full Throttle Saloon, for I mean, for you know, you can the the idea, like Dayton said, you know, you're always going to be the archetypes that end up on these dumb reality shows. I'm loving Pawn Stars on the History Channel. Um, is Generations of a family that own a uh, pawn shop in LA. They're only half hour episodes, and it's like um, Antiques Roadshow, except the stuff that they bring in is really cool because you know there's anything from a twelve passenger hot air balloon to, um, to you know, airplanes, uh, cigarette boats, uh, documents signed by John Hancock. Uh, uh, the one that my daughter was watching this morning when we were getting ready for school um, was somebody had brought in a uh, a calculator. I mean, what, which I think they called a comp, uh, like a Computron or something uh, from uh, 1915, and it had the owner's manual with it. 
I mean, it was, I mean, just stupid stuff that people drag out that I've, I've never seen before. Um, and, uh, and, they're just talking about it. So I like that. But, and as far as, uh, you know, Kansas city doesn't really get its props, um, that often on national TV, which is, you know, why the Johnny dare connection to full throttle saloon is cool. But, um, I have only seen like one episode of this and Dayton may have seen more, but there's a TV show on Showtime called United States of Terra, uh, stars Tony Collette as a woman who's gone off of her medication for multiple personality disorder. And <laughs> as she goes off her medication, all these different, um, you know, personalities, uh, start to, uh, start to show up. I mean, like, you know, one of them's, uh, um, a, a teenager and she's got her own teenage kid. One's a, a housewife like on Leave It to Beaver. One's a, a Vietnam veteran guy. You know, I mean, her one of her personalities is a guy, but it's set in Overland Park, Kansas, which is the town that I live in, um, and it's uh, that was written cool. by. Yeah, it was kind of cool. The story about it was uh, one of the creators of the show and the writers of the show is Diablo Cody, who wrote Juno, um, which is a great comedy, but also wrote Jennifer's Body, which is not going to be out on video for a while, I don't think, but uh, it's it's worth a look because it's a weird teen comedy slash slasher movie. Um, but the uh, I guess they were going to set it in Chicago, and the legal department said there's somebody up in Chicago that was either blogging about a similar experience or something. I don't know. They were just worried that it was going to hit too close to home. So I guess Diablo Cody turns to the woman sitting next to her and says, where are you from? And she says, Overland Park, Kansas. <laughs> and and so that well, then that's where we're setting the show. But um, – they actually do a little bit of research and some of the things they talk about on the show, um, you know, I mean, like restaurants or landmarks or, or, um, the small communities in and around the Kansas City area, stuff like that. It, it's accurate according to the people that I've talked to who live in the area and know the show. So I'm kind of, I, I kind of want to check that out. It comes out on video the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, the first, or Thanksgiving, the Tuesday after Christmas, the first season hits video. So I'm going to check it out. Okay. Yeah, they made a couple. They made a couple of minor mistakes, but nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, they typically do. They refer. They, do, they right? refer to something called the Grandview Mall, and there's no such thing as the Grandview Mall. So <laughs> I mean, but let me a little. I mean, there's there's hardly any such a thing as Grandview anymore. But I mean, they um, they don't. Uh, I mean, it's it's just little minor stuff that you would only know that if you lived here. You right. Know? So we would never pick so, up on it if we tuned in. You would never pick up on that. Yeah. Name. Yeah, and, and and I don't think that Overland Park is a quote unquote character in the series to the extent of like say Baltimore is the character of Homicide. Right. Um, but right. Uh, but it's there's just something about it that seems kind of cool to me, um, uh, and uh, so I want to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, very cool. Well, I, I can tell you this: that Fringe only gets better if you're only five episodes into the first season. Uh, that I am anticipating uh, enjoying it more and yeah, more. Um, what a great cast. And uh, Walter just does it. Walter, in a sense, steals the show in a lot of ways. There's, there's a lot of, of things about, uh, um, you know, and, and Dayton's um, not as familiar. I mean, I'm marginally familiar with it after five episodes, but I don't know that Dayton, you've seen, did you even see the pilot? I watched the pilot and then I watched the first episode. I watched part of the, of the second episode and I, I gave up because I, I I turned to my wife and I said, you know, I like this better when it was the X Files. And <laughs> my understanding is, I, you know, my understanding is that I I cut out too soon and didn't give it a proper right. a proper uh, look see to before they well, because I mean, when it did start the first episode definitely smacked of X Files and then I, yes. but apparently they abandoned that very quickly, th- you know, and then I guess it starts to make its own mark. A few episodes in, and I just didn't give it that chance. So, but based on Kevin's recommendation, I am, I'm, 
I'm going to borrow the DVDs from him or whatever and give it a second. Oh, absolutely. Show. And, yeah. you know, and Dayton and I, I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's guilty of it. We both were early abandoners of Firefly when it was on the air. Um, and, uh, it was something that I, you know, uh, decided to check out on, on DVD and, uh, completely loved Dayton had not seen the series when we went together to see Serenity in the theaters. Um, and, and what I'd, happened yeah, after I'd that? I'd seen two oh, yeah. episodes when it was on because they aired them. I saw whatever the first two episodes were, which were not the episodes in order. It was like the train job and right. uh, I forget what came after the train job. Bushwhacked, the air date. Bushwhacked. But anyway, I, I gave up on it. And, um, but then yeah, we both you know, when, when Serenity came out and started doing its thing, I had been hearing a lot of good word of mouth about the movie and seeing some stuff on the message boards on the internet and everything else. And so I called Kevin up one day and I said, hey, I think I'm missing the boat on Serenity. Have you seen it? He's like, yeah, I've already seen it, but I'll go see it again if you want to go. And so we – on a Saturday afternoon, you know, we went to the, to the movie and I literally – Kevin is my witness. We walked yeah. out of the theater and I went immediately to Best Buy and bought the Firefly season set hmm, or the cool. series set. And then I watched all the 13 of the episodes or I watched all the episodes on the DVD set. And I was hooked. I called my wife down, you know, like a week later, and said, "You got to try this." And she's like, "Didn't we try this and think it sucked?" Mm-hmm. And you know, I, she, I sat her down, and she watched it with me. You know, so I watched them like twice in the space of a month, wow. and I hooked her. You know, and then I then we roped our friends in, and I've gone through like three copies of that thing because I loan them out to people to tell them you need to watch this, and I never get the set back. Yeah, yeah, so me too. I've I've, you know, I've bought the thing. I mean, they owe me like you know three hundred bucks worth of DVD yeah. <laughs> because I've been buying it for people. You know, yeah. I gave it as Christmas gifts one year. I I went out and bought like five sets and gave them to different people for gifts. Yeah, well, it was so. excellent. My wife and I. But so that's a show that it's one of the shows that my wife and I also watched. We loved it. It was just great. And I I went through two I, sets. We so. just watched Serenity like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah so it's definitely definitely good, definitely good. Well, uh, so, but Fr- I mean, Fringe is obviously a much right. different show than, than yes. Firefly. But but I am as excited about Fringe as I was when I first was a latecomer to Firefly. Right, and you know what. It, they do bring in the beginning of the second season, just to let Dayton know, and that they do bring in the X File reference again for a little bit, um, but it's it's subtle. But, but if you're an X File devotee, you say, "Oh, well, yeah, this is this is a reference to that." Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it is it is oh. a, it is in a way the new X Files, but it's edgier, it's updated, it's it's more well, than that. Well, yeah. Kevin convinced me that I had not given it a fair shake, so I'm yeah. going to give it a second go when I get a chance. If second I think shake. Kevin you said you're a second chance, yeah, yeah I'm going to a second shake. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a second shake. Um, uh, I said I think Kevin said he was going to buy the DVD not set. Not the bathroom, or please. Up, I, I, actually, I, I I picked it up tonight when I yes. uh, when I was, so, when I was mad go. about uh, the Hangover being out. Um, I said, ah, screw it. I'm going to go ahead and commit to Fringe. My mom sent me a Christmas check, so that's where it went. Yeah. Well, so there you go. I'll borrow on that here in a month or so once he's done with it. So. There you go. And you can watch it. <laughs> then we can have you on. We can talk about Fringe but or something. Oh, like hell yeah. Yeah. But I'm uh, a huge Xbox fan, so that's why I probably didn't give it a fair shake early on. Yeah. So. Oh, me too. I, I own every single season, and I even went and saw the uh, second movie, even though it wasn't terribly great. But it was I, good. Even, I bought the second movie on DVD. Uh, that's how much of a fan I was. Yeah. So. You know, it, it, <laughs> I bought Star Trek V, too, so suck it, people. <laughs> 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 oh man! Awesome. Well, 
We're going to be listening to this uh, listener feedback, and this is, comes from Kevin Batchelder from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi podcast, and he has some comments on some of the TV shows that we were talking about and some that he thinks that we should be watching that we aren't talking about a lot, and uh, we'll go from there. Hey, guys. It's Kevin Batchelder from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast. On your latest step, you talked about several TV shows, and I thought I'd share some thoughts with you. Very curious to hear your feedback uh, on uh, some of this, so by all means, uh, let me know. It's always good to hear whether you agree or disagree. Uh, specifically, I heard you guys talking about Dollhouse and wondering if you know maybe some of the eps this season had been a little more consistent or as strong as some of the last few. Maybe we would have had an audience to keep it, but I don't think that was ever going to happen. Let's face it, uh, Joss, even with Buffy and Angel and such, Never drew big numbers being on the UPN and the WB. That's how it lasted. If those shows had been on you know, Fox or NBC, they would have been gone pretty quick for lack of an audience. And certainly with Dollhouse, with the cerebral nature of this one, uh, most folks couldn't wrap their head around it, so never really had much of a chance. It was a very interesting uh, interview with him after it was canceled, done by Maureen Ryan from the Chicago Tribune, talking about how the network naturally meddled a little bit with it and Joss couldn't go some of the places he wanted to. So that was an interesting read. Highly recommend checking that out. If you do a Google search on Maureen Ryan and watch her, you'll find her column. She's a big fan of the genre and covers many of our shows. Well worth a read there. Uh, a show I'd recommend that you guys aren't watching is certainly Chuck. Not sci-fi, obviously, but it is spy-fi. Uh, very fun, um, which you might call popcorn entertainment. You're not going to overanalyze the episodes by any means, but you're going to enjoy them when you watch them. Uh, some good, fun characters, people you kind of care for, you know, kind of an everyday hero kind of thing in there. So enjoyable quite a bit. You can jump in and watch that almost anywhere and, and have some fun with it. Uh, another show I would highly recommend for you guys that's a little closer to the genre is Legend of the Seeker. Uh, that, as you may know, is based on the Terry Goodkind series of novels, The Sword of Truth. So there's quite a quite a rich history there to draw from. And they do a very good job. First season was a little slowish, but not bad. But the second season has really kicked it up a notch. And you do get lots of good sword play, some nice adventure style to things, and also some very good eye candy for both the guys and the gals with some of that cast. So worth checking out. It's in syndication, so you got to work a little hard to find it in your local area. But another show I would highly recommend that you guys aren't watching is Supernatural. Uh, and it's fifth season now on the CW, so it doesn't get a lot of press or visibility. But uh, uh, first season, a little uneven. There's probably only a handful of eps you really have to watch if you decide to go back and do a rewatch on it. But by season two... You've got a very big story arc that's built all the way up into season five. Uh, nice stories about a couple of brothers who, you know, hunt demons and things like that, but it's exceptionally well done. Some great writing. Some writers who have been on the X-Files in the past and some other good shows have really brought some great stuff to this thing, and the acting is very well done. You really you really identify with the characters. The humor is very, very uh, appropriate, and, and timing is great there, so it's well worth the time to watch that one. It also is one of the few shows... It spends some money and uses uh, classic rock tunes from time to time to kind of set a mood here and there. So quite enjoyable and, and really uh, looking very much forward to the Season 5 finale because it's going to be a doozy. Uh, I guess I'll still have to agree to disagree with you guys when it comes to SGU. Uh, I haven't given up or anything because I watch almost all genre shows and I'm looking forward to when it comes back, but we kind of jokingly on our podcast call it SGB or Stargate Battlestar. It's just got too much of a similar to Battlestar style with the you know, the downtrodden folks and the gritty, dark hallways and, and things like that. I'm hoping it gets a little more 
uh, optimistic or space-based a bit, maybe. You know, they're out there doing some things that have less to do with the magic rocks and getting back to Earth and all. So have to wait and see. So thanks for the podcast, and looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Take care. And we're back. Um, Miles, the first thing that he commented on was about Dollhouse. Uh, we, we comment on the fact that Dollhouse really, if they had aired these later episodes earlier in season two, that they would have kept on the air. But Kevin kind of disagrees with us. He said Dollhouse never had a chance. It was way too cerebral for Fox. What are your thoughts on this? Um, he might be right um, about maybe this show would have done better on maybe CW. I was thinking, I would say the WB or UPN, but those those networks are long gone. But um, um, or maybe Sci-Fi Network. Maybe 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 would have did better on a Sci-Fi Network. But I, I think I still think if they aired some of these later episodes, which were definitely stronger in my opinion, um, I think maybe it would have grabbed the viewers early on, and they would have stuck with the show. I think. Yeah. So uh, you guys, uh, Kevin Dayton, did you guys ever tune into Dollhouse at all? I never did. I, uh, I watched the uh, um, the first one, and I don't know that I made it past it. And I'll, what didn't quite connect for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be overly critical because oh, you uh, can be critical. It's all right. Well, I mean, it's not on the basis of one episode, right? Especially the pilot. I mean, I can't <laughs> remember a, a a TV show where that that I've ever seen that the pilot set the tone for. You know, I mean, every every decent pilot I ever saw was always improved upon. Um, you know, as as the show went on, but um, uh, except for maybe Heroes, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the West, the West Wing. Oh yeah, I'll throw West- the West Wing pilot there. You think the West Wing pilot was never topped during the during the season? No, I'm not or, saying it was never topped, but it's, it, it definitely set the tone for the show. Okay, that's right. fair. That's fair. Okay, yeah, I, I was going to say, um, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. That's that's a good example. Um, but uh, or Freaks and Geeks uh, is an, would be another good example. But uh, um, I couldn't get around the idea of uh, what's what's her name, Elijah Dushku or whatever. Mm. Um, I just i I was not getting from her what I wanted to get um, as far as, uh, I mean, as, if, as I understand the premise, at least from what I remember, um, what she was like this uh, blank slate that they could just dump in whatever information it is. It's basically the, the polar opposite of uh, Quantum Leap where we had one guy's intellect always jumping into different bodies. It was different intellects jumping into the same body. Oh, that's true. Um, for Dollhouse. True. And, um, and so, uh, you know, as, as I just was trying to follow uh, I needed a more nuanced performance for me to really understand what the heck was going on. I mean, really, and really, a lot of the supporting characters ended up being some of our favorites. I know Sierra, uh, huge fans of Miracle. Um, she played uh, November on the show. And then, of course, Topher does a great job on that show as well. But they were all supporting characters, and Elijah didn't, never really connected, maybe for us. Right. And uh, Tamal Pennicott, I, I liked uh, the FBI agent. Uh, oh, yeah, the guy from Battlestar. Absolutely yeah. in that, too. But- Hilo. Yeah, yeah, hello. <laughs> That's what I couldn't remember when I was. We actually did an interview with November Miracle Larry uh, from uh, from Dollhouse, and we interviewed her. I couldn't remember his name. I kept referring him to him as Hilo, Hilo, Hilo. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing the pro- I remember seeing the previews and stuff, and thinking, you know, it's an interesting idea, but I'm kind of like Kevin. I, I just didn't buy her in that role. Mm. Um, 
And I, I, and I wondered about the premise of the show. I'm thinking, you know, this is something that would really go for bro- if they could go for broke on a cable channel or even on, you know, like HBO or Showtime, where they could really pull out all the stops. I wondered if it would have done better in an, in, a, in a venue like that. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I'm surprised. Like a basic, like when, when I'm thinking like USA or FX, you know, FX has got some of the best. Um, original programming I've seen in the last five or six years. Some of the shows that FX has put out are just phenomenal. The Shield, uh, Rescue Me, Damages. These are awesome shows, and they go toe to toe with anything the big networks are putting on. Right, right. Uh, I wondered if you know if something like that with its with you know with that edge to it might not have done better on FX. Yeah, and uh, being on a Friday night didn't help it either. No, no. Definitely not. Although I, you want, know, but I don't, how much of that matters anymore when we can DVR it? And yeah, it I, was, I, was, I was just going to yeah, say, you know, I'm, you, I'm with that too. I DVR it, or you you go watch it on Hulu. You know, who needs? Who doesn't matter really anymore that it is on Friday? I think, I think you know, we might be in the minority that the majority of the people still are watching their shows live. Is my guess? Yeah, probably. But yeah, um, yeah. And it's only recently I, that they're counting the, I guess, the DVR uh, recordings now. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, they only they only do it within a window. I think it's like yeah. seventy two hours or something. I, I mean, I don't know. They need to. They just need to modernize how they do that sort of thing. Because yeah. some people can wait. You know, they'll wait two weeks before they watch a show. I know. And there there has to be a mechanism for you know tabulating that statistic. Yeah, I mean, I, the the reality is, you know, our lives are not revolving around TV anymore. Or if they are, if they are, it's it's TV in our terms. That's my argument. Is that uh, I mean that, that we have a rating system that is based on a uh, a time in our you know just I mean you know, social uh, or entertainment worlds where uh, we were rushing home to make sure we were in front of the TV when uh, they told us who shot Jr. Right. You know or uh, or or and and that just those days are gone. Right. I, I can't. I mean, the, there's only. I mean, I would watch. I'm a huge fan of Mad Men, and I would watch Mad okay. Men on the night that it was broadcast. I watched Big Bang Theory on the night that it was broadcast. That said, I still haven't watched last night's because I fell asleep because I'm old. But, right. <laughs> um, but those are the only two shows that I watch, and I'm certainly a fan of other shows that uh, that I make a real effort to watch on the night that it's broadcast because they're just they're that entertaining to me. Yeah, I never watch um, anything it, live. Never anything live. I don't watch anything. Well, it's eight o'clock for you guys, but out here, you know, prime time starts at seven o'clock, and right. I don't watch anything that starts in the seven o'clock block live. I just, it's impossible. By by the time the kids are put to bed, it's eight o'clock. Right. So at the earliest, I can, I'm an hour behind. You know, on the best night, I'm an hour behind prime time. So I've just, my wife and I've gotten in the habit where we bank shows for two or three episodes, and then we sit down and run a little mini marathon one night when we got nothing better to do. You know. Um, it's more fun that way, and I think what's probably feeding that habit is we have gotten into the habit of watching TV shows on DVD. Oh, yes. Uh, my wife, for example, my wife sure. does not watch uh, – I'll, I'll watch 24 when it comes back. I'll watch it week to week, but she won't watch it until the DVD set comes out later that year. Um, and then we'll run a little party with our friends where they'll come over on a Friday or Saturday night. We'll, we'll watch a whole disc full of episodes and eat pizza or something. And she's gotten used to watching, you know, TV in four and, you know, four or five episode blocks on a Friday or Saturday night. And we're doing the same thing with our DVR. Um, you know, she's, she and I are fans of, of several shows that are on right now. And if you look at my DVR, it's just the same, you know, five or six titles repeated <laughs> week after week in the queue. So. Yeah, and, I, and I've I been just, spoiled by yeah. 
buy uh, DVD sets as well because yeah. I can pick up shows that uh, I mean I watched the entire first season of Californication in a day and um, and that was uh, based on uh, on Dayton's recommendation that it was a show that I would like and I loved it but uh, you know 12 half hour episodes um, you know I mean showing week to week I'm, I'm sure would have been just as fun to watch but I loved cranking them through in a day it was just right. it was just really cool you know that kind of reminds me I just me burned of, through the uh, go ahead I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that, that that that's the way I went through uh, Chuck. I first season of Chuck, I rented from Netflix and you know, devoured four episodes at a time, and it uh, just felt you know by the time I hit all thirteen, fourteen episodes of it, it you know just kind of flew by, and I loved it. So I don't know. This is uh, he 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 does kind of mention as a as a show that we should be watching is Chuck, and I have watched it. Miles, you've never watched Chuck. No, I have not. And have have you guys ever picked up Chuck at all? I watched it from oh, the beginning. Chuck. I did watch the pilot in about the first half dozen episodes, and I I stuck with it longer than my wife did. She she just said it wasn't her thing, and and I kept it. And then, but it's on, it's on. Is it Monday nights or what night is it on? When it's, it's on Monday, Monday nights regularly. Monday nights. Mondays at like eight. Is it at nine o'clock or eight? Uh, o'clock I was gonna say eight o'clock. Whatever. There's some there's something on opposite that that. You know, I had to pick, so I was like, "Well, I'm going to watch the other show because I'm a bigger fan of that show." Uh, 20, yeah, just, Twenty-four might be on opposite it, maybe. You know what? That's Mondays, probably. If, you know what? If it's on opposite, yeah. yeah if it's on opposite twenty-four, right. it does not exist for me. Right. <laughs> so sorry. Right. Well, and, and the other and the other reality is also that uh, that for us, it uh, it times in with the Monday Night Football, and uh, oh, and I'm not as as much of a wa- of a football watcher as Dayton is, but uh, you know, you turn a football game on and do other stuff, you know, and well, so that's yeah. Uh, but it, uh, Chuck, this year is coming out in January, so it'll be past football season by that time. Yeah, but so so right. well, the only yeah, all the all the sucky teams will be done. Yeah, we won't talk about them. <laughs> well, but 24 uh, is coming back in January too. So yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, what about uh, Legend of the Seeker? You guys, I mean, heard anything about? I don't know it? anything about this show. Yeah, it's. A- I know that Mike Sussman, who who was a writer and an executive producer on Enterprise, is an executive producer on this show. I believe. Yeah. I think that's his title. Don't quote I, me, but yeah, I thought I think, that was his I title. Th- Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I know about it. That and it's based on a book, yeah, a series of books. Uh, wait, that's wait, all I know. Terry Goodkind, is that right? Terry Goodkind. The, the, and this is not a knock against the show. I just don't. I'm not a big fantasy. Oh yeah. Uh, reader or watcher. I'm not a big sword and dragon guy. Yeah. So yeah. And this, that show, when I, it wouldn't have appealed to me anyway. Yeah. They say there's a lot yeah. of good eye candy on it, but. Well, there you go. But yeah, um, um, sort of truth. It's based on the sort of truth novels by Terry Goodkind, and uh, it says that uh, Sam Raimi's involved. Uh, Ken Ken Biller, who uh, has an association with uh, with Star Trek, uh, apparently is an executive producer as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I know uh, um, very little about it because yeah, I mean I'm more robots and ray guns than uh, I am. Uh, my understanding um, is that it's kind of played. Is it sort of played kind of light in tone, like like yes. Xena was? Yes. I mean, is, that, is that true? It sounds very okay. Xena-esque. Well, then see, there's yeah. okay. Well, I mean, I, like I said, that's not my thing, but right. I don't hold anything against that. It's right, just right. it's just not something I would have tuned in to watch. It's one of the only shows I know of that's in syndication that they actually syndicate. Yeah, that's, that was something else I thought was was interesting was that uh, um, was that it is a syndicated show, and uh, now that you mentioned that, I can't think of any shows that are in, of that one. are in a syndicated yeah. model that that I watch 
or, or, or even produced, period, besides right, that. Right. I guess the, the last one that he was even was trying to chase that was syndicated um, was the one that Gar and Judy were involved in. Was that like uh, um, uh, like The Lost World or something? Do you remember okay. that, Dave? Okay. Oh, Arthur Conan Doyle's Lost World? That's been uh-huh. That's been five or six years ago. Easy. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was the last uh, time I even worried about something in syndication. Wow, wow. Well, I mean, now that we've got all these updark networks out there, you know, it's it's um, there's I guess syndication is just not as I don't know, it doesn't have as the same allure that it did, you know, fifteen no, years no. ago or whatever. No, well, no. it's it's not just that, but it's these these upstart networks are hungry for these kinds of shows. I mean, you know, I mean, AMC. Well, yeah, that's is what I'm saying. They've got bigger budgets. You know, they got a big budget. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're if you're a producer, I mean, if you're trying to hawk your TV show, uh, you're not going to try to set up a, a production company and then uh, you know sell episodes on a syndication package when you might be able to get somebody like TNT or Bravo or uh, yeah. or AMC or uh, um, USA. I mean, these are all networks that are that are taking on original programming for themselves and and uh, and. I'm getting- surprised the Sci-Fi Channel didn't try to pick that up. But yeah. Then again, too. they they have outer space astronauts, so right, you know, right, I guess right. they're good. Our pro wrestling. Oh my god! Hmm. <laughs> outer space astronauts. I tried to watch that the other night, and I'm just, I I twittered about. It. I was like, "Do I have to be high to watch this show?" I, I saw that. <laughs> what is it? I've never heard it. about it. I don't know about it either. What? You know what? what? Is you're, that you're, show? You're, some things are you're better off not knowing. Just okay. <laughs> right, 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 right. It, it looked awful to begin with. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how about Supernatural? This kind of interested me when Kevin, um, uh, who we just heard from, mentioned that uh, a lot of writers from the X-Files kind of jumped ship to Supernatural and uh, X-Files went off the air or soon thereafter. Have you guys checked out Supernatural is it, at all? Is, is the show that old? Because X-Files has been off the air. For right. Well, that was, what, 2002, right? That went off 2001? Supernatural's in its, it's in its fifth, fifth season. season. So, I mean, okay, yeah, so it's pretty close. It's but pretty I mean, close, they did yeah. I thought X Files wrapped longer ago, farther back than this show started. But yeah, it, 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 it I'm did. I'm sure it's got. There's got to be some pedigree, here, right? Yeah, there is. And uh, I don't. I don't, I just. I only know very. The only. The only thing I even hear about Supernatural is because one of our friends, uh, Keith DeCanado, who also writes uh, Star Trek novels, he has written uh, two tie-in novels based on Supernatural, and okay. I think he's working on a third. Okay. Um, so uh, that's where I get my knowledge of Supernatural yeah. from. And, uh, you know, again, it's one of those offshoots of the genre that just does not grab me. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's recommended. It's and, yeah. The only, my only connection to that is Christopher Heyerdahl, who we interviewed and he played Alistair or Alistar on the show and talked about oh, okay. it a little bit. So other than that, I, I've had no, I, well, I, I know I, it's got a very vocal fandom. You know, oh, I, I know it's got yeah, a very yeah, vocal and very supportive fandom. So it can't yeah. be, it can't be. It, it's, it may not be my bag, but it's definitely somebody's bag, yeah, and they're having fun. Oh, so I mean, I I tweeted um, not too long ago that a friend of mine had landed a role on uh, Supernatural, and I bet I got more responses from that tweet than anything I'd done in you know a month. Uh, everyone wondered, you know, when's it going to air? What is she playing? What's her name? What's this? Yeah. What's that? And um, and I thought, really? Um, <laughs> oh, and here's and here's here's the trivia. Um, X Files uh, ended in May two thousand two. And Supernatural started in September of 2005. So there are three three years different shows. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. Well, cool. Last one here before we, uh, I guess, kind of wrap this up Stargate Universe, or what Kevin's calling Stargate uh, Battlestar. <laughs> um, has, <laughs> <laughs> have you guys watched Stargate Universe at all? What's your thoughts on it? I watched the pilot. I, watched wa- the pilot. I watched the pilot. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of SG1. I really enjoyed SG1. Um, 
I was not as much of a fan of Atlantis, but I, I, so I didn't watch it, you know, as faithfully. And I, it just didn't grab me. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm stargated out. I don't know. Or, yeah, you know, it's kind of like Star Trek. Each, each, each offshoot does not have the same allure to me that, that, you know, the previous incarnations do. Right. Um, but I still find something to like about it. And I mean, I'll, I'll catch back up to it when it reruns or something. I'll, I'll right. try it again. Maybe I need to, maybe I was just burnt out or something. I've been really, I've been kind of jonesing for something decent to watch on the sci-fi channel. I keep waiting for Eureka to come back and I keep waiting oh, for, yeah. uh, Caprica to start, you know. Oh, we can't um, wait for that. And I've, oh, yeah. I've seen the pilot, you know, I'm, 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 I'll, I'm, I'm not as enamored with it as I was with the original Galactica, but it's enough, it's, there's enough there to keep me to tune into the next episode. Yeah. So, uh, I definitely wanted to see where it goes. But uh, yeah, I guess I'm just a little stargated out because I just didn't, just didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Did you uh, check so out no, Stargate? When, well, they're on a spaceship trying to fly around now instead of a planet that has a Stargate. Or I mean, what's what's the premise? Well, the premise is they are stuck in this. They're kind of thrown onto the spaceship accidentally, and uh, this, this the spaceship itself has a Stargate, and so. Uh, not every episode, but in a fair amount of the episodes, they're using the Stargate to get to a planet to find water, to find uh, stuff that they need to survive on the ship. Uh, and so that's kind of the premise. Um, and it's not like they don't have contact with Earth at all. They have these stones that were introduced in like Stargate SG-1 and that were used in Stargate Atlantis maybe a little bit. These stones that allow them to to kind of be on Earth but not physically be there, like to take over someone's body. So they do have they do have kind of this whole, uh, I guess, premise that's kind of in their miles. What do you think? Right, it's been compared to um, c- compared to Battlestar Galactica and Voyager um, being they're in a different galaxy on a starship. They're still trying to figure out how the starship works. They can't, um, you know, make it maneuver on its own and. Um, but the the uh, <laughs> that sounds more like space nineteen ninety nine than Battlestar yeah. Galactica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, yeah. you know, as, as I'm sitting here and I looked it up on Wikipedia, that I thought it's like they're they're stuck someplace that's that's hurtling away from Earth and they they and they can't get off and and they're they, I mean they've got this kind of you know basically you know the the Stargate that's kind of it's kind of like let's let's monster mash space nineteen ninety nine to with City Ninja forever and call it good. Um, right. You know, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I don't, somebody had once told me that, uh, well, actually, I think it was John Ordover, we were talking about this, and he said that why is it that every incarnation of Stargate feels like it's their spin on the next incarnation of Star Trek? Um, whereas, you know, he said, you know, you start with Stargate. Then you do Atlantis, which is nine. Then you do, um, you know, what universe, which is basically Voyager. I mean, he went on this big rip, and I don't know enough about Stargate to know if it's valid. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's it's not that I'd like it or dislike it. I just am kind of vacant. All right, all right, all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this this sci-fi diner after hours, or what do we call the leftovers? I guess leftovers. Yes, leftovers. Uh, and uh, and call it a night. Fourth meal. Fourth meal. Fourth meal. <laughs> the, uh, fourth meal. Yeah. Well, here, I'll, throw, I'll throw one more thing in. Go ahead. I'll throw. I'll throw, I'll throw one because I don't know enough about it yet. But I have totally uh, enjoyed uh, uh, Men of a Certain Age, uh, which started uh, a couple of weeks ago on TNT. Um, so uh, you know, I mean, if. Uh, an old guy like me um, and enjoy uh, Ray Romano or uh, uh, Andre Brower or Scott Bakula getting back to, to Enterprise and uh, check it out. It's on Monday nights on TNT. All right. All right. 
Well, that does it for us. We'll see you on the next Sci-Fi Diner podcast, I guess. Till then, good night and good luck. Merry Christmas, guys. Oh, yeah. your family.